Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Central Texas Life. And uh, I have a very special guest. You know, every every time I say I have a very special guest, and they're all special. But uh, you just came off of a network television show. I did. Undercover Boss. Okay, yep. Gary Finley, you, you're a Waco person. You've lived other places from time to time, but Waco, well, Axtell, really. Yeah, it's been my home. It's your Pretty home. Pretty much my whole life other than... Five years in Minnesota. Other than that, I've been here my whole life. Well, and you've just got a brand new book out, The Redneck CEO. And uh, this is an amazing book. I've thoroughly enjoyed reading it. And and I know a lot of your story, yeah. know a lot of the people yeah. that are involved in your story through the years and your career. Um, some of it I, I didn't know, some of the uncomfortable parts. But that's sort of what you, you want, I think, is yeah. for folks to take some of the life lessons you've had. Right, right. I, the greatest thing is I had, I'm having all my kids read it right now. My grandkids read it first right out of the box because they knew their name was in there and they wanted to see their name. Oh, yeah. But, um, in I don't think that, you know, uh, my youngest, Micah, uh, reached out to me right after the book and he said, you know what? I started reaching it, reading it last night. I couldn't stop reading it. I read it all the way through and he said, I, I have a whole new understanding they've heard all the stories but uh yeah. they you know they didn't really know to the extent of what they were and where it came from and you know i had a great childhood but you know what i mean we had to still had to work still had to earn it so it was um, kind of that my idea was that life lessons but even though it's a little small town outside of here with you know a few hundred people you still have the opportunity to uh grow and, and go build something and that's what I had I was really blessed to be able to do yes you're uh, you're growing up in in Axtell kind of got you prepared you weren't afraid to get your hands dirty yep. to do hard work um, but you kind of referred to yourself as a country mouse <laughs> yeah it, it's funny how also this redneck CEO I, this this latched on several years ago and I and I actually had somebody one time I was looking by a franchise somebody from up in the northwest or something and they said why would anybody call themselves a redneck, right? <laughs> and I, th I think to me, it's just kind of, um, I, I, I don't I don't know that I add anything to it. To me, it's kind of that country living, and it's just, I'm, yeah, I'm not so, a suit and tie guy. And that just means you, you get your the back of your neck sunburned. Yeah. Really? Isn't that what that means? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And, and how many uh, times have we all done uh, that? It means you've done it all, and you know, so, <laughs> and you're not afraid to work. But I, I think even more than that, it's just, you know, 
ethics that you learn and loyalty and integrity. And I, I learned all mine being in a little small town. And of course, I, I mentioned in a book, my, uh, my dad was a deacon. My dad was on the school board. My dad was on the water board. So, and then everybody was watching you every, we were related to somebody on every street. Oh yeah. So yeah. You, you, you don't to get, get away, away with anything. Not a thing, but you know, <laughs> it, it was a, a great, you know, childhood for me. And, and those things were instilled to me by my parents. And, you know, if the, if the church was open, we were there. And so it was just awesome to be able to, to, to experience those things and then be able to pass that along to my own kids. Well, now you, you are an entrepreneur. You're a kind of a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. How, you know, and I've always believed you don't really teach that at Baylor in the school right. of entrepreneurship at Hankhammer. Yep. I mean, I think you're, you're either kind of born with a gene yeah. that makes you want to take those risks. And, and how many people do we know who've, who've made and lost fortunes? Yeah, quite a bit, you know. But that's part of the game. Uh, it is, and, and my wife and I talk about that all the time. We've been married 40 years this year. And she says, you know, you're just a, a different breed. Uh, and, and I... I don't and, know. And for her to be married to you, that's a different because for forty years. You know, uh, that's a fact. I would think some women would would want a little more, you know, stability. stability. I guess is the word, or you know. Yeah. But I, but you'd be doing real well, and they got all right. I'm quitting my job. It, it, <laughs> Many we times we did that a few times, and so you know. I and think she's that, like, uh, okay. I, I I think it's just that, that trust in me. She said, mm-hmm. look, you know, I've got to trust that you know what you're doing. Um, and you know, you're, you're, I was on the phone this morning with a, somebody looking at buying a franchise that was talking about risk. And they said, you know, I've had this, this, uh, job all this time. And, you know, I'm, and he said, I'm scared, I'm scared to step out. And, um, I don't know that I was ever, I don't know if I was ever smart enough to be scared. So <laughs> I just, uh, kind of just forwards forward and, um, you know, I, I, you don't find, I don't know that any of my kids are necessarily what I would call entrepreneurs, um, they're, you know, they're go-getters, mm-hmm. but entrepreneurs, are, I don't know that any of them would be willing to take. Well, I know Micah, didn't he start the groundskeeping? Micah worked with, he worked, worked with there. Him. Yeah. yeah work, he, uh-huh. he, he, and a friend of his who both of them work for me today, both, um, started a yeah, groundkeeping business yeah. when they were in high school. And so now that's, uh, again, that's part yeah. of that gene. That's yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I, you know, of course, with them, they always had me as a backup, right? So, <laughs> hey, dad's here to, to back up in case we run into any hitches yeah. out there. But, um, yeah. It, yeah, he had a pretty good safety net yeah, there. But yeah, I think you, okay. you grew up with it or not. And it's just um, kind of something. that and my, I saw that my dad. Uh, my dad was, you know, a hard worker, but he had a, a stereo place here in town. And he had, a, you know, the whole part I was growing up. And I just saw him that, you know, he was willing to, to take a risk. And he did that for that freedom of being able, because he was always there. And I talked about that, but he was, everything we did, he was there. So, and I think that's part of it. Well, let's talk about some of these characters through the, uh, through the years. I'm just going to throw out some names. Don Dwyer. Yep. Yep. Don Dwyer. Um, I, I mean, I really consider Don to be the person that, um, uh, got me into franchising and not, he just didn't give me a job and an opportunity. He spent time with me. I was only 19, 20 years old at that time. And, you know, we, we worked long hours. I'd be up there at night. It'd be, it might be 10 o'clock at night. And uh, I could go up to his office and sit down with him and just really learn the business inside out. And I loved this thought of being able to help other people that wanted to go into business for themselves. 
And so, I mean, I consider him to be a great mentor uh, all through that time. And and he's he's done it big. I mean, you know, they're one of the largest service brands in the world. Uh, and that all came out of Don's vision. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dina helped carry that on. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I've talked to her many times. She's, yeah. Dina's an amazing person. She so is. she's uh, she's the same thing. She's worked for it. They watched their dad. They was in the business. All the kids were. Um, and she took that and took it to, you know, a whole nother level. She's mm-hmm. she's further above that, that than I am. So she's done. She's She's an amazing person. Yeah, of course, now Neighborly yep. has, has bought that company. Yep. We could go back even a little further. How about Palmyre, SMI? What's Palmyre, that connection? Yeah, um, when Kim and I got married, uh, that's where she worked. Yep. So um, I, I'd go in there, pick her up every day, and there was just, you know, this saying on the wall, I think I talked about it. If You, you know, whatever you vi- vivid, vividly imagine, ardently desire, and enthusiastically act mm-hmm. upon, can inevitably come to pass. And those are big words for a redneck like me, but I, <laughs> I, I, I kind of worked my way through them. But, you know, I, I thought about that. I thought, you know, can I really do that? Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's what I started doing. I started following those principles. And, you know, Paul, um, years later, pa- Paul didn't know me during that time mm-hmm. uh, while Kim was working there. But I became really good friends with several people and. A lot of people moved over when, when Don started uh, Dwyer Group, and they moved over. Um, and years later, um, Paul took time to, he called me out of the blue one day and said, hey, you know, I've heard about you. I know what you're doing. Um, come have lunch with me. And over at his house, we mm-hmm. went over there. And same thing, he just sit and talked to me. So tell me about yourself. And then we started kind of meeting throughout time. And then he ended up uh, coming over one day and talked to me about my business and then we, we were both involved in uh, UMHB and the chapel that they mm-hmm. built out there. So um, two great franchise geniuses uh, right here in Waco. I don't oh, think yeah. people understand this is a, a franchise mecca. I mean, you know, Curves, we rolled out, you know, 10,000 locations. And uh, this little town did it all. And to me, it all started from SMI. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and LMI, you familiar with it? LMI? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did you know Rex House? I don't know if you knew Rex. I did not, but I, my dad worked at LMI. Rex. Okay, yeah. well, because I recorded over the years a lot of their programs and things and worked with, with Rex doing that. Um, Gordon Swanson, yep. that's the name. Longtime friend. I, you know, I met Gordon in between. I was working at Waco Center for Youth uh, mm-hmm. at midnight. So I get off in the morning, I'd go to class at MCC. And a friend of mine approached me and said, hey, you know, there's been this fitness sub, fitness club built at Baylor uh, that Gordon built. He took me over. Yeah, it was University me. Fitness, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, at that time. So I went over and met Gordon, and, and he was looking for somebody to sell memberships. And he said, well, how many do you think you can sell? I said, oh, I think I can sell 100 in a month. He said, we haven't sold 100 in the last six months. So let's see how that works. And I did what I said I was going to uh-huh. do. I, I put together my own plan. I had come from that background. I knew how to do it. And from that, you know, it was probably a month later, he moved me into management role to manage the club. Probably a few months after that, he gave me half the stock in it. And then a few months after that, he, he turned the other part of it and, you know, kind of carried the note for me to where it get me into it. And he remained a great friend to this day. He's built most of my houses. He built our Curves building. Um and I, and I found in him, he's truly somebody who, you know, he does what he says he's going to mm-hmm. do. You don't, you don't 
they're not all that way, right? No, you, yeah, you can read about them. You can, you can read about them. In your book. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, Gordon is, um, and he is a, you know, most people, he is a self-made millionaire. He, uh, you know, he started MCC. That's what he did and got a degree in respiratory therapy and said, hey, there's a need out there. And he started, uh, I think it's All Care Medical back Mm -hmm. then and uh, took that and built that into a huge company. So he, uh, yeah. It, it, so I got the opportunity to really follow great people. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and there were some scoundrels. Alma Stanford, for yeah. once. Yeah. Boy, there no, no kidding. Alan was the first doing person. News stories about that. Oh, I yeah. bet you do. And so <laughs> he was. Uh, yeah, he was my first little stint into um, uh, the fitness business. I mm-hmm. went to work there. After I left the that railroad, was what, Total Fitness. Yeah, was Total Fitness uh-huh. over on Lake Erie. Yeah, so. Oh yeah. Um, I went to work there as a trainer, uh, which is really just a glorified cleaning boy, you know. And um, I was in there one day. I heard a helicopter land in the parking lot, or at least that's what I figured out later. And he gets out, and here's this mammoth guy that you know he, he was huge. And they told me who it was, and it wasn't long after that that I started going and doing. Um, uh, openings of clubs. He was open them all over Texas. And, you know, you look at him and I'm probably 20, 21 years old at that point, And you go, man, this guy, this guy is the, the vision of success. I mean, he's got a back then in the early eighties, he's got a Jaguar and I've been out to his house and he's got this helicopter and all the things that you think as a 21 year old, that mm-hmm. that's what success is about. Yeah. Right. And it's like one day, you know, Somebody calls and says, hey, you guys haven't paid one of these bills yet. And uh, come to find out, you know, he made a lot of money but wasn't paying the bills. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's bankrupt. Um, and my dad kind of went down, you know, met with the bankruptcy uh, court, the judge, and and was able to get that uh, turned over to me. Uh, and, you know, so I wake up one day, I own a health club. And uh, so he uh, – and then I find out I'm gone – I don't know, when I moved to Minnesota, so it's like 15 years later, a buddy of mine from town calls me and said, have you, have you looked at the national news today? And I said, no, and I turned it on, there's Alan's picture. Yeah. Uh, and um, there, there he is, he's Sir Alan Stanford, he's a knight, he's a billionaire, and last time I saw him he was flipping hamburgers in Hewitt. <laughs> um, so it just, it just goes to show you that, yeah, you can make it from here to here, uh, certainly quickly if you're willing to be dishonest to do that right right and step on people and step on people all the way all the way I, I just I can't do that I wasn't raised that way yeah exactly um here's another name Gary Haven Gary and Diane Gary and Diane yeah great people um I was back after we ended we ended up having to close the club at Baylor you know uh Baylor ended up putting a you know, this huge facility in. Right, it just totally put you out of business. It, overnight. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah, yeah. when you they know, put the slick in, that was it. It was, a, when you get into a business by uh, sweat equity, and I don't, I don't, I don't have a backup. So, yeah. um, I, I lived on two times a year in spring, I mean, the fall semester and uh, spring semester. And when those people came in, we signed up, I could put away a little cash. And when that didn't happen, uh, we shut it down, and I went to work back uh, at the Dwyer Group then as a VP of franchising. And Gary and I had met. Uh, he had sold some equipment to me at the club, mm-hmm. and we knew each other. And we're at a trade show one day, and we're 
sit down on a couch. We're eating something, a little reception. And I said, hey, what's your name? And we realized who we were. We knew both each other. Gary. Yeah. <laughs> and we were both from Texas and I figured out who he was. And uh, so he came to me and says, look, I got this idea. Uh, he had a couple locations and open down in Hardison and McAllen. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think it's a great franchise and this is the, the concept. And so he said, I, I want you to, I don't know anything about franchising. You know that piece, plus you know fitness. Um, you know, come on board. And so I went home after this is after shutting down the club, after going bankrupt. And going back to work for going back to work, got a job, get a paycheck every week. Yeah. Been with a with a huge company, it's been around for many years and say, Hey Kim, uh this this guy's got an idea so uh he's got this idea he seems pretty sharp (laughs) yeah he seems sharp well who knows you know let's just go ahead and try this out again let's punt and um wow but i met with him and you know i i I remember like it was yesterday us uh putting together equipment in there uh you know at his headquarters which was just a shop you know and um he said, you know, I don't ever want, I, I never want partners. I've had bad, you know, uh, right. bad situations happen, happen with and That them. was very good advice from him, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but he said, he just looked at me and said, I'll tell you what I'll do. You know, if we ever sell the company, um, if you want to leave, I'll give you 10% of the value of the company. We shook hands on it. Uh, and that's exactly what he did years later, which just to me, and, and that was, um, I would definitely say, that's probably been the best years of my life, those eight years, because mm-hmm. with as all we those grew curves, franchises everywhere, yeah. and as we grew the company, you know, the first place, and it was kind of funny, first little sales uh, pitch I went on, Gary goes, oh, here's your marketing uh, materials. It was a two-page brochure that he had put together him, himself at his mm-hmm. house. This is what I'm going to use. I go out there. I don't have any clubs open anywhere. So my pitch. You had no just, pictures or anything. I don't have any pictures. I don't have <laughs> no anybody. There's nobody you can call and ask. Right. And um, I took the kids with me. I said, "Well, let's run ads in cities we want to go to." And so uh, Kim and the kids loaded up. I ran ads out in Colorado, and I met with the first. Had one one person calling the ad. They bought. Second town had one person. They bought. Third town had two people, and they actually got in an argument over it, uh, and. Sold it, came back to Waco, dropped them off, went down south, got the equipment. So then I would start delivering equipment, setting them up until until we got to a point where we get up, you know, 75, 80 locations where I can start hiring salespeople and then roll into that president job. So yeah. it, was a, it was a whirlwind uh, event that uh, was a big so part popular. of our life. Yeah, yeah. but then, then it started to just lose steam. Yeah. yeah. It, any, it, why? Any idea why? I, you know, um, so I was there in 96. I'm a female-only club. Right. And, yeah. I, I was there in 96 to 04. So when we started it, and then 04 when I left, we had about 8,000 locations. Yeah. And we were still going strong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in my opinion, I, I, I just think the the women that were going to health clubs in the 90s were completely different than the ones that came back around. I just think we didn't, you know, didn't change with the time. In, in the 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 woman became different. She didn't mind working out now with, with, with men. With guys, yeah. Yeah. She wanted more equipment. You know, this this was this this was a lot, a little bit of a social club. Uh-huh. You know, um, and but they were getting results, but they had an opportunity. It wasn't real complicated. Uh, but it just the 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 times changed and I I just don't know if curves change with them. At least that's kinda 
you know, at, sit, sitting back and looking at it. I'd love to say what's well, because I left, but I, I don't think that's probably what happened. So I think it's just time happens with everything. There's a time and a place, and I think that the shelf life of that finally, mm-hmm. you know, just changed. Just yeah. they just do right. So so you you came out of that smelling like a rose. Absolutely. Very. Yeah. He was a man of his word, and and uh, then you end up in in Minnesota. Yeah. At with and it has just had a horrible experience. That is well. First of all. Um, Five Min- years of your life. Five years in Minnesota for a Texas, a Texan oh. is, is yeah, I can't ter- imagine. terrible, right? And yeah. so it's bad enough. With, well, of course, when they offered me the job, it was in the fall. So it was absolutely beautiful. Beautiful area. They meet me on the lake. We're out there. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I yeah. said, That's, this is awesome. But, <laughs> for um, about five minutes. <laughs> for about five minutes. And then, you know, uh, we moved there in October and in November, reality hit. We look out one day and snow and go, oh, that's beautiful. You know, we don't see much snow. And then by the time I'm looking at it in April, it's no longer fun again, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, okay, it's snowed, and then it rains for the next three months. And so, you know, when I went there, Kim went with me and was probably there that first year, you know, full time. We didn't get back much. Um, and then I think the second year, our daughter was getting married. And so Kim says, I'm going to be back there. And, you know, she... Our kids were here. Our, eventually, our grandkids Grandchildren, were born. Yeah. Yes, um, there was just That's a more pretty going powerful on. draw. It, it's a real, yeah. real big draw. But you know what? I made a commitment to that. Right, and it was going to be a five-year. You five knew year that five-year commitment, right? And I and I, and I wasn't going to pull out right until I did what I said I was going to do. Exactly. And uh, so, Kim, once she came back at one point, she just said uh, I mean, she couldn't do it. We we left after Christmas one year in January. Went back. And uh, the next, this is probably year three, and we're sitting there. The next morning, I get up going to work, and I looked at her, and I said, you don't want to be here, do you? And she said, no. Mm-hmm. And I said, then go back. And, I mean, when I came home, she had her bags packed, the dog's in the car, and she said, I'm <laughs> heading back. So um, so it was um, a long, hard five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I flew home on the weekends, or she fly, yeah. you know, we made the best of it. Yeah, you know? there are a lot of people that live like that. I mean, you're you're not alone, and no. and and doing what you have to do. Um, but then the payoff after that five years was up was just abysmal. Yeah, no, it was that, not that, at all what. No, I, I I call it. You know, uh, it, it was uh, a seven figure deal that allowed me to really allowed me to come back and probably at that point kind of kind of wind down, right? Right. Um, and I would never have uh, got up and moved unless it was that kind of opportunity. And so, um, you know, we, we got the company sold. That's what we were doing. And um, then that uh, eventually, uh, when it came down to that payoff, um, it was, I would call it more of a tip than it was. I was going to say it wasn't right? even a... Because it, it ended up being about 10%. So I just called it, oh. I, got a, I got a tip. And, yeah. and I think the harder part to me, being who I am, where I'm from, um, that uh, loyalty is, is big to me. And Kim, mm-hmm. Kim tells people all the time, she told him when we first got, uh, got there, she said, you know, Gary's loyal to a fault. Uh, and that is pro- that's true. And so uh, it, it, it was the money. I don't want to say it wasn't the money that, that really uh, bothered me, but it was that relationship that become very close. Right, you'd become good friends with this guy. Traveled all over the and world. It, and then when everything just sort of went belly up, if you will, he was like, eh, well, yep. that's just that. It, 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 it wasn't you know? even a nice conversation. Hey, let's sit down. Or I'm back. sorry it worked out right. this way or anything just, like that. I'm sorry it worked out to say this is how it was just, 
uh, I, I hear these words in my head. It is what it is, right? Oh, gosh. And yeah. uh, that's such a horrible thing to say. And, yeah. and, and you know, it, it's unfortunate things that have happened past that time uh, because, you know, I, I finally about, oh, I don't know, two years after all that, I said, look, you know, for me to be able to move on, you know, we know that I have to go and I have to get in front of him and, and right. look, I forgive you for this situation because it was, it was, I mean, it was eating away at me. Right. And right. that might've been even worse because yeah, I, cause he, 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 I mean, it's just like, oh, okay. So what do you want to eat? So, so that tells you a lot about him though. Tells me a lot. And, yeah. and that's not the people I grew up around, No, you know, and that's not no. my experience with Gordon. It's not my experience with no, Haven. so many of these, so many uh, of these, these wonderful people that you talk about in the book. Um. And and so that brings us to your gig now. Yep. As a CEO of a Restoration One, correct? And right. so you were on. Undercover boss. Yeah. What was that experience like? Um, Because this company, this is a little different than fitness clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really didn't know. Cleaning up after messy stuff. I knew a little bit about it because my first, when I went to work at Rainbow, I had to go out and, a Dwyer group, I had to go out and do some of the work. So I had kind of an idea, but not to the extent of what this was. And so um, it was... um, it was really me knowing franchising. That's how I went to work for the guy. Right. Uh, and build a franchise company. And I, you know, which I've always done. I hire people who know what they're doing and I leave them alone. Right. Let because, them do their uh, job. Let them do their job. I'm not a micromanager. Uh, and I'm a relational manager. And I see um, how that really works in favor. But if people work for you under that, it's hard for them to ever go back to, you know, a, a business uh, where it's all about business. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I got that opportunity uh, through uh, the PR firm and some other things that we'd sent out uh, to, you know, get selected to be on the on the show. And um, it was a great experience. It really was. You know, when we, we had a watch party the night or the night it was coming on and somebody said, well, you know, how, you know, what should we expect? I go, you understand that you and I and three and a half, uh, three and a half million other people are going to see this at the same time. I've not seen it. Oh, of course not. Yeah. You know, we, we you have no for, idea how you're going to end up. We looking. filmed for a week and a half yeah. and uh, I was on the road with film crew and going through all this. And um, yeah, you had a, you had kind of a, a reddish blonde mullet and it was great. Your, your, your name was Bobby Turner. I didn't know I had a mullet for like three or four days <laughs> until I was actually, oh, you just had, they I just do like that. I only saw this. I turned around and they thought that was the funniest thing. The film crew said, how did you not know? I said, well, I can't see the back of my head. So I had no clue what it was. Well, I love the the promo that I, that I saw because uh, the lady that goes with, with you mm-hmm. into this just horrific yeah. place that was just, just nasty as all get out. And, and, uh, and her, her comment was Bobby is not cut out for this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it, and, that, and when that comes back, I think uh, one of the other guys had said something about, I don't know if Bobby's going to make it. And then one of them was trying to uh, encourage me how, you know, in life, you yeah, know, you, just, well, that's good. you do everything. And so I, I never sit there in my head going, hey, I'm going to tell them, wait till they find out. In my head, I thought this is great because yeah. they don't know who I am. 
Uh, they're still trying to help you. They're still trying to help me and get me through it. Uh, but I had never seen anything quite like that. Yeah. Um, well, it's like crime scene cleanup yep. and just really horrific. Yeah. Horrific. This things. was a squatter's house, and oh. uh, yeah, maybe squat squatter in the true was, sense of the word. It was nasty. Yeah. It, yeah. it was. It was really. It was really really bad. Really bad. So, but you are the the CEO of this company, and so what did you learn through that experience of undercover boss? You know. Franchising is all about those systems and processes and training and how do you train your franchisees uh, to go out there and you're, you know, you, you have people going out to the field, but for the most part, you're hoping that they're doing, you know, you got some things you can uh, checks and balances, but you know, when you show up kind of undercover and they don't know who you are, what are they doing? What are they doing when nobody's watching? Right. right. And what I found is our franchisees were representing us even better than I probably thought. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, don't you find something wrong or did you not find anything? I mean, they were so minor. Uh, but as far as, um, you know, having things, I said, okay, we, we have got to get this. This is a huge problem. Not really, but I was really also, um, uh, I would say, impressed, but also proud of the fact that there was so much diversity in our company mm-hmm. uh, and opportunities yeah. offered to everyone. Uh, got to meet some great people, but uh, people that were passionate about what they did. And so to me, it was really learning that our company uh, was as, as successful as it has been due to our franchisees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a great, it was a great lesson for you. Well, I like to end these visits with a, a questionnaire. It's similar to the one that the late great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor Studio. So we've kind of have the same little set, same little vibe. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite word? Word. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say integrity. Yeah. I would say integrity because it's just, that's, that's, uh, I mean, you, you kind of are born with that, right? You can learn yeah. it over time, but. Uh, you certainly know when it's not happening around you. Right. Uh, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. What's your least favorite word? Um, it's, can it be a sentence? I just, sure. uh, yeah, Whatever sentence you want. Just, I mean, that deal, people saying they can't do something, uh, uh to me, uh, that's the, I, I think I've proved that out that you really can, mm-hmm. no matter what are the circumstances. Uh, I have that with my, uh, kids, uh, that I've had to go through over the years, but, um, the opportunity is there for everyone different, how it's, how it's presented, mm-hmm. but, um, you really can't, you know, yeah, you can't, if you have no, uh, I can't go out and become a, a professional NBA basketball star, right? I'm, I'm just uh, a little stunted for that. But um, when it comes down to just life things and being able to get yourself and accomplish uh, things, um, I believe everybody's got that opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say it is what it is, but... <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> well, well, that that true. I, I I did. I will tell you that I did learn uh, a great uh, phrase while I was in Minnesota mm-hmm. that I use a lot, and yeah. that is, uh, "Don't make your problem my problem." <laughs> and uh, I I said that to my grandkids one day, and I I heard them out in the road playing with some other kids. They were playing Foursquare, and my granddaughter is telling my grandson the other kids, "Well." I didn't get to do this because this or that. Mm-hmm. And he stops and looks at her and says, hey, don't make your problem my problem. <laughs> so it comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, it does. sure it does. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, I think all those go back to uh, 
being able to do things for other people uh, at, uh, at really any level. We've had, Kim, Kim and I have been blessed, and I do believe we've been blessed to, to take that and turn it and, and give back. Um, we had the opportunity uh, when I was on the board here at Mission Waco to give back to a lady. We were sitting in a board meeting one day, mm-hmm. and, and she is uh, she's not like the rest of everyone. There's business people, and, you know, uh, then she kind of represented the community, living. She was lived down in the projects. And she said, Kim and I had just talked about it. We'd love to be able to do something for somebody. We're involved in ministries, but we'd like to do something. And she says, you know what? Before I die, I just want to. I'd like to have my own house with a little, you know, porch around oh. it and a big tree in the front yard. Came home, told Kim, let's do it. So we worked with uh, with Jimmy Doral and, and City of Waco gave us a lot, and we built that home. And And we were pretty, you know, private about it. I don't know if we ever uh, put our, our name on it. We just didn't want to, yeah, didn't the, need to. But, the Finlay house. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. And, that, you know, yeah. we want to be biblical about that. It's, yeah. you know, don't, don't go around and, and brag about it or be mm-hmm. proud about it. But... Um, it was so great, and you know we'd go over there to the house, and and she had a picture of us in in uh, on her uh, TV, and she said, you know, here's my guardian angels, and you know she only lived in that house maybe six months, oh. you know, I don't think it was a year. She she was taking care of uh, some uh, kids that I think she had a niece that was in prison. She was taking care of them. She had she had to do dialysis like two or three times a week. She had cancer. Uh, everything you could have possibly going against you, she had. Uh, and we go to the Mission to Waco banquet. Jimmy gets it. We're waiting on her, waiting on her to come sit down. And Jimmy gets up and says, hey, we went to pick her up. You know, we found her there in a the house. She, she uh, mm-hmm. had fell down by the bed, and that's just where she was at, but she died in that house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sad thing. So that is what we and what I do for everything I do is to have that opportunity. It's mm-hmm. just... Uh, that's that's what, and that and my family. Those oh yeah, are two, those are the two things that drive me. Sure. Well, what turns you off creatively, or spiritually, or emotionally? Um, negativity. Mm-hmm. Negat- I hear that a lot. Yeah, negativity, uh, negative people, negative situations. Um, so I just don't surround myself with with mm-hmm. those people, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I do to begin with to see if there's you know if you can help people become more positive, but some people are just woe is me and, you know, uh, and they, and they love, they live in that negativity and love it. And so, but that is by far my, my biggest pet peeve. What sound do you love the most? Uh, What's that? My tractor. Really? Okay. It's the diesel. I don't know why. It's just, it's, just, uh, we can all picture yeah, what that sounds like. Uh, yeah, it, it is. It used to be my Harley, but I don't have a Harley anymore. But the, yeah. I'd say that sound, I don't know. I'll tell you why. Sounds and smells take me back to being a kid. So I can smell fresh cut grass, and it reminds me of... You're back in Axel. I'm back in Axel. You know, uh, we're hauling hay or whatever. But those times when I was at, you know, and, and those times really even going through the things I do today, that biggest piece comes to me just on that tractor, yeah. just riding along. So I think, I think we all go back to our childhood or, or go back to a place where we're really happy yeah. when we hear, you know, or smell some, or yeah. smell something. Love hay. So what's your least favorite sound? Um, screaming, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> screaming kids. Yeah. Um, 
waning. Let's let's go back. I'll say waning. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I just I I don't know. I um that's probably one of those things that just, you know, I, my kids were so good, you know, growing up and we were uh, at a restaurant one day and, and these kids, my three are right here. They're all probably under the age of five. And we're walking. There was a, uh, one, we had a buffet, you know, and uh, there was a guy behind us, him and his wife, we had two little kids. And those kids are kicking the side of that, yeah. that deal and yelling and throwing stuff, and whatever. And, and the guy, you know, says to them, look at those little kids. Why can't you guys yeah, be, why can't you be like, like that? And I looked at him and I wasn't being crude. I just said they weren't born that way. Right. So, <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're going to need to you're going to need to be involved in that. They were, yeah, that's not, right. born, they were not born. Somebody that needed to tell him so, that. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to say that, you know, probably. And whining can be adults, too. Yeah, oh, for sure. Well, what other profession would you have liked to try? You, you mentioned NBA star, but. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to work for me. Uh, I rodeoed as a, as a kid. Did I you really? Yeah, I did. We rode bulls and bareback and all that. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's um, that's a certain sort that you likes know. Uh, I would say I've I've enjoyed uh, the, the the legal part. I don't know that I would really. Yeah, I'm not saying I'll be smart enough to do it. I'm just saying I think I would do it. Um, franchise law. I've I've loved being around that mm-hmm. part of Good. that and watch it. So. Well, what what do you know you would not want to do besides clean up a house that somebody pooped in the tub? Uh, I would not want to be an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, nothing against them because uh, they saved me out of a lot of things. But, yeah. uh, you know, that, to me, that's also that mentality you have to have, uh, that you, you like doing that. I hated math. Uh, when I went, I went to UMHB, didn't, go, didn't get my degree until I was 40 years old or 30-something years old, and uh, I but just... But kudos to you for finishing that, and I know you wanted to set that example for your kids. Uh, yeah, especially of, Micah. Yeah, yeah speaking yeah. of yeah. setting my, examples. My, right? I, I knew Micah would challenge me. He would say, hey, Dad, you didn't go to school. You didn't go to school. But I will tell you that, and, and I don't remember whether I wrote it in a book about the first day of class, and I opened my book, on a marketing book, and I opened it up, and, the sto- and chapter one was on the story of curves. And I look and I go... I think I'll pass this class. Uh, you ought right? if you I don't. Should, I, I'll be in trouble if I don't. But um, That's pretty good. Yeah, so uh, uh, to me it was setting that example. And um, to your point, going going back and looking at it and going, okay, did I really learn some things? I learned some things, but I think more so I confirmed some things, yeah. you know, that, that we did it right. Yeah. And finally, Gary Finley, when you arrive at the pearly gates, what do you want to hear God say to you? Uh, you know, you know what it says, hey, well done. Um, that is uh, certainly in. So I'm really kind of um, moving into the, the chairman of the board role uh, at the office to where I don't have the day to day. And that's really right now. That is where I want to spend my time in the ministry part uh, and growing spiritually uh, so that, I, you know, I mean, I, I've had a a lot of years to do that. We spent it in a church and we've been around it, but uh, been so busy doing what I've been doing to really take that time. So uh, that, yeah, I think that's what, hopefully that's what we all want, right? Well, well done. Well you did done. it right. Um, yeah. So uh, that's um, cliche, but that's, that's what I hope comes out. The Redneck CEO and folks can get this book. How? You can get on Amazon. Amazon, Gary Finley. And also, you can go and watch the episode of Undercover Boss. Yep. That's on, the I think, the Paramount 
Yeah, I think it's Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Yes. So, so that was a great experience, and it's been wonderful to chat with you again and catch up. Thank you. It's great to see you again. It's been a long time. We've, yeah. we've missed seeing you, so this uh, being able to get this opportunity uh, is great. I appreciate it and love what you do uh, and, and what you've done for this community for how many years? <laughs> you want to say it out loud? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, it, a, it's a joy for me, though. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and because of these wonderful people that I get to meet and talk to and and hear your story, and that's what's that's what's so so great about this. Well, thank you. You've represented us well. Well, thank you, and thank you for being with us. Join us again for another edition of what do we call this? Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Bye bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.